Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together twice in a month. We're killing it this time, Doc. And talk horror movies. Hi, Eric. How are you doing? You look uh, good. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm bummed because uh, this is day 11 of my 11-day vacation. Ooh. Back to work tomorrow. Tomorrow is July, Tuesday the 26th. The reason I say that is because the last day, excuse me, the last Tuesday of the month is when we get those like messy coupon Oh, ads. The, what are those called? Uh, we junk call mail. Them, yes. They call them circulars. Yes. Uh, ben, your brother's favorite thing to get in the mail. Shout and, out uh, him. So that's just a bummer that like I, I get like all this time off and I'm going to go back to just like bullshit. Yeah, that really does. Like, it's yeah. like going back to the Christmas rush. Right. Eric works for the USPS. Mm-hmm. Do they even let you take off during Christmas? No, they call December a blackout month. Nice. Where, where uh, employees are not allowed to take off. Nice. That's brilliant. Well, Eric. Yes. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I've So I work an eight and six schedule, so I still have tomorrow off. Mm. I don't work till Wednesday, but then I have to work eight days. And then I'll, But hey, eight and six is great. I'm not complaining here, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, we've just had like a pretty momentous weekend. And what are we doing on this episode of the podcast? Uh, we're going to review Jordan Pale's new film, Nope, as well as uh, discuss his filmography in general. Yes. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So it's exciting because Jordan Pale's Nope just arrived right? Uh, in more ways than one. And uh, yeah, so this episode we're going to do, we'll, we'll even do spoilers at the end, right? but we will notate when spoilers are coming. So if you have not seen Nope, you can listen the whole time. Except for when we say, turn the goddamn thing off. Correct. But uh, Eric, we just went to El Paso and saw Nope and IMAX. This was my second IMAX experience. I'm, I'm assuming it's like your 30th. I, I, I don't think it's 30. It's probably more like 15. Okay, I was or close. Maybe 20. I don't know. We don't have a IMAX theater. Or a good theater at all. Period. In Carlsbad, New Mexico. So we traveled to El Paso, Texas, which is about two and a half hours from us. Yep, two and a half hours. And it just, you know, the hype was real. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm excited you asked, you asked me to come because I felt like I'm glad I got to see Nope with that experience. Yeah, so like, okay, so today is a random Monday. Correct. And I'll, I guess I'll get into this. Uh, we, we were sort of, I had nothing to do today because I just found out that my brother, uh, spoilers, has COVID. Right. He just called me this morning and was like, hey, I took a test. It was positive. Uh, so he, we, I couldn't hang out with him today and we were supposed to go see Nope again today in town. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, shit. Okay. So I had nothing to do. And so I ran, I text Eric, Hey, Ben has COVID just so you're aware. He's like, okay, that sucks. I hope he's all right. And then, uh, quickly I was like, Hey, um, even though that sucks, you don't, you wouldn't want to go see Nope at two thirty, would you? So I kind of felt like my day got shot by that news. You know, yes. I, I had plans to go, uh, have lunch with my mother. She told me no. Uh, well, well, after I told her 
that uh, Ben tested positive. And I was with Ben, you know, for 15 hours or so on uh, on Saturday. So I guess your brother getting COVID had us hang out today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so like, if, if either of us, okay, we both tested negative already. Yes. But if we did have it, I mean, what? I guess there's no difference since we were already around each other so much. I guess, yeah, Is yeah, that right? kinda, yeah, absolutely. It sort of feels like you know, I was with you on Saturday. We sat in a truck together for several hours, drove right. back and forth from El Paso. So it's sort of like, fuck it, I guess we'll go see Nope. And so Eric and I get out of Nope for our second viewing. I don't know if that makes us shitty people. Like we we potentially have COVID. Oh yeah, I guess and then maybe. We, and we went. And we've been in a public space. But again, we've, we've tested I was gonna negative. Say, I was going to say, to our credit, we did take tests before right. we went. Correct. Um, look how quickly this became the COVID what cast again. What was crazy again. is our last episode, we didn't mention COVID once. And now we're just straight off the goddamn how, bat. How quick the uh, enemies Tables fall. Turn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was funny was we sort of, we walk out of Nope. It's it's obvious. It's 100 degrees, by the way. Mm-hmm. We're standing by my truck and we're just sort of like, um, I was like, well, I don't have anything to do tonight. And you're like, well, I was going to go skate. And I was like, should we record the podcast? And, and Eric was like, um, sure. <laughs> well, I, I did want to record actually today. Um, my plan was to rewatch Get Out and Us yesterday, but I didn't finish Us. So I wasn't going to say anything. Yeah, it was but, thwarted. Right. But then uh, I ain't got shit going on. So here we are. We're recording. Yes. Yeah, so... If it sounds like we're unprepared, more so than usual. Right. There's there's probably also going to be a little less content yes. this episode. If it sounds like we're unprepared, it's because we are. But hey, we're here. Uh, I got a doc- I got a Dr. Pepper next to me, so I mean, yes. things could be worse. Eric just slammed two star, star crunches. So I'm trying to be a good friend, and I'm going to eat a star crunch. I thought, well, I better bring one for Keegan. Yes. And I do. And Keegan's like, no, I don't like Star Crunches. <laughs> so I've just had two of the king size, big size Star Crunches. For some reason, like, you're not allowed to decline so a I'm, treat from someone. They're like, what the fuck? So I'm currently all Star Crunched out. Yes. You look like a Star Crunch. Yes. I'm currently getting Rice crispy like zits on my face. Okay. So <laughs> thank you, Eric. Yes. Um, so yeah. So that addresses that we are randomly sitting in front of each other. Right. Uh, out of nowhere. So we were, we were very ill-prepared. So ill-prepared, I forgot to and we've write just, notes. And we've just spent so much goddamn time together. As we just said, uh, yes, we spent the day together on Saturday. We then, spent the night together. Then we played Halo last night. And yes, this is kind of crazy. This is three hangouts in a row. I know it's a bit much. Luckily, we won't see each other for a while after this. Yeah, so that, that'll it'll be It'll nice. go back to like when we last pre-recorded. What was it like? Uh, it was like we went like from March to July. Yes. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah, and it never felt better in my so, life. But uh, anyway, so Eric. Things uh, uh, take turns. Yeah, for the worst. <laughs> but here we are. We're recording the podcast. So yeah, we're we're going to... Uh, did we already say we're going to sort of also review all of... We're going to... we we. I think we're just going to do a ranking of Jordan Peele as well. Right. Uh, I, of course, Eric and I both think it's kind of early to rank uh, Somebody with films. only three films, yeah. Well, and not just that, but we just saw Nope. And so it's sort of like, I think it's uh, shortchanging him and it a little bit by just ranking. Like, we haven't really had time to let it settle and get into the popular conscience. Also, as I've already stated, uh, I rewatched Get Out yesterday. Yeah. And it was like fucking amazing. Yes. And I feel bad that I like have no opinion right now of us. Yeah. And we're about to, you know, quote unquote, rank it. Yes. So it's kind of a, I'm kind of bummed about that. So we're going to do that. We're going to review Nope. We'll have spoilers for Nope. Yep. But first, uh, I did want to mention. Uh, oh well, let's talk about our trip, our experience. Oh, okay. Let's do so, that. Eric, I'd like to ask you. You have the floor. 
Um, yeah, Eric's only been to two IMAX films now. Um, both times with you. The first one was uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And, and it, that did- was thwarted by some other people in the cinema. <laughs> Dan- well, well, one of them was with the people we went with. Uh, Dana hits me with the RT score as we're walking in. And next thing I know, I'm napping through the IMAX showing of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. And Dana telling, uh, if you, if for, the, for the uninitiated out there, RT <laughs> score is Rotten Tomato score. And, you know, it's not that we care about that. It's just before you see a film for the first time, I do not want to know what people think of it. Um, what's funny is I didn't know the, the RT score for for King of the Monsters. And I sat through it and loved it, thought it was the greatest movie ever. And I left and I quickly found out, like, everyone didn't like King of the Monsters. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I had no idea people weren't going to like that movie. Right. Um, so it kind of goes to show, don't uh, meet your heroes. And uh, speaking of, like, trying to avoid... I mean, I guess we regularly talk about this, but like trying to avoid, uh, yes, spoilers, RT scores, trailers. But I've been doing a pretty good job for Prey, which is the new Predator film, which comes out, which in less than two weeks, yeah, August which is fucking wild, yeah. Like I'm gonna sit at home, which hit, is frustrating, and hit play. I agree on a new Predator film in less than two weeks. But I, I guess what I was trying to imply was like you know there's like a bunch of coverage for it right now because yeah. we're gearing up to it, and I've been doing a pretty good job of avoiding that shit. Yeah, I can't wait for it. It's as I always bring up, Dan Trachtenberg directed it. So yeah, I'd be excited for a new Predator film, but the fact that it's one Dan of my favorite directors, um, I'm I This is wait. only his sophomore film, right? Or is that incorrect? Well, yeah, he directed the first episode of The Boys. He also directed a, an episode of Black Mirror. But yeah, this will be his second feature film. Mm. Uh it, after 10 Cloverfield Lane. Correct. So I like that he's staying with the with the ETs. Yes. He's staying with those extra testicles, terrestrials. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, so, Eric, our trip, how was the IMAX experience for you? How was seeing Nope in IMAX? Uh, it was awesome. Like I said, I'm glad you uh, asked me to come this time uh, because this was like such a big film that I'm glad I got to uh, experience this way. It was initially uh, overwhelming, just like the walk up with the stairs to our seats because, um, you know, it's just so goddamn big yeah we have um, a really good imax screen in el paso like i know that some people have uh it, it's a joke out there called limax uh, uh where they're is that what el paso is uh so el paso is a real imax theater but uh it's a it's a bit smaller than than an actual imax they screen. get bigger they get bigger but Holy there's shit. there's even smaller ones of like there's basically normal theater screens that have the imax branding on them but ours is fucking giant right and then uh, I guess if I had a nitpick, nah, and this is uh, not against the film, my seat was broken. Yeah. The, 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 the foot rest was stuck up. So anytime yes. I had to get in and out of that chair, I was diving into it. But I think, like, like you said, it's definitely the theater's fault. <laughs> yeah. And that theater was kind of odd because we really liked that theater, but it was kind of all run down a bit uh, over the weekend. Right. But, um, uh, yeah. So I won't say specifics just yet, but there was, like, moments in Nope where I was like, it was made. I mean, obviously they shot it with IMAX cameras, yes. right? But it's like, okay, this was meant to be seen this way. You yeah. Know? Like, holy shit. And what's funny is when we watched that same piece today in our shitty-ass Carlsbad Theater, I was still impressed. Yeah. I mean, it is funny because obviously it should still work no matter what. But, uh, man, just the sound. Mm. I mean, God almighty. Like, uh, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Nope has some really cool – uh, sound effects and things that happen in it. Agreed. And, you know, in our theater, it was like watching it on a fucking TV with <laughs> was, TV speakers. It was like funny because it like took me a moment 
when we sat down in our theater to like adjust to like, oh, that's a small screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it sounds like uh, a sound bar or less. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so in IMAX, it like shakes your seat. And I'll quickly also mention this is not horror. But uh, the Oppenheimer trailer oh, uh, yeah. teaser was Saw it twice now was attached to to Nope, and uh, this was the IMAX version of the Oppenheiser uh, Heiser uh, the Heat Miser trailer. You get it? You, you lost me. I'm following, kind of Heat Miser. Heat Miser. I'm Mister Heat Miser. I don't know what that is. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. It's from that uh, fucking uh, Christmas uh, kids short. Anyways, so. Okay, let's get back on track here. Get back on track. We're um, talking Oppenheimer trailer. Yes, and it's Chris Nolan's new movie, and I was super excited. And it's basically just the loudest goddamn thing ever put on screen. And nothing's even happening. No, it's just so fucking loud. And uh, I was literally like floating out of my seat by the end of it. And then Nope started, and I was like, let's fucking go. Well, for me, and it's a trailer I've already seen, was that Avatar trailer. Oh, now, yes. Holy shit. I'm so excited. That I think that I, would, I wouldn't mind if that was my third IMAX experience. Yes, I'm planning on trying to get there for it. You know, uh, Halloween ends. Oh, we should mention that trailer. Um, yeah. That is going to be an IMAX as well, so I don't know. I might get for there, there for that. But um, anyway, so yeah. So the IMAX experience for Eric was positive. Except the theater was, yeah, our seats were broken for I some mean, reason. Other than it not going up and down, it was still fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I It's fucking amazing. Just, you know, whenever the aspect ratio opens up from floor to ceiling, uh, Kigi gets a... He gets aroused. Yes. Yes. I was going to keep nitpicking the thriller, the theater, but... Oh, the bar? Are you going to talk about the bar? Yeah, there's a guardrail also in front of the row that we were in, and I felt like I had to, like, yeah, look keep over my it. feet out of the way or, or the table or my popcorn. Because I felt like that was adding to the blockage. Let me quickly say that we've min-maxed our experience there to that theater to such a point that you'd think sitting higher would be better. <laughs> it's uh, I've sat I sat higher for my second viewing of Top Gun Maverick in there, mm. and it actually was way worse. Really? Uh, like the seats were set further back, so I, I actually had the bar the whole time. Oh. Uh, I've sat lower, gotcha. and it's bad. So gotcha. uh, that, I can't imagine what that front row is, is like. Oh, God. Yeah, um, that's crazy. I saw Interstellar in there, and I remember real quick, shout out to Wes Yerby, our buddy. He he was like, I think I'm gonna have to leave during the uh, the Dang. black hole sequence, wormhole sequence. Um, it's so fucking loud. He was like, I think I have to leave the theater. Um, so, anyways, uh, hardcore Henry. I didn't see it in an IMAX theater, but uh, I don't know how long I got into that film where like I had to take a breather. Remember when that was like a viral sensation and then nobody saw that movie? Uh, I didn't know that it went viral. Well, someone made a like a teaser for it, like, uh, and then it got made into a film. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay, so that what that was the IMAX so experience? that was hardcore Henry for you. Yeah. <laughs> what about the uh, the trip as a whole, Eric? Before we move on, uh, it was good. Got to hang out with you. Got to see Melissa. Yes, Did a little out. toy hunting, which is always a a big plus. Ate some good garbage fast food. Yes, Chick Fil A. Went to Fye. Didn't buy anything because it's all overpriced. Right. Uh, I what would else? say it was a good experience. Yeah. Oh, made you go to the liquor store and watch us look at alcohol? Uh, yes. We went to something called Total Wine, which is like a, a super Walmart just for alcohol. Giant. And uh, I did my best not to nitpick or complain, and I just walked around looking at alcohol that I knew nothing about. Yes. And on that, uh, as we... So that we'll, we'll wrap this up. We'll get to films. Yes. But on, on that, we eventually... Uh, leave El Paso. We have a two and a half hour drive home mm -hmm. and something comes over Eric that he decides he, he lets out to us 
I don't know. I might hang out with you guys tonight. And <laughs> Is we, that how it went down? It was kind of like that. You were kind of like, well, I mean, I guess I could hang out. And I remember I said, you will not hang out with us tonight. <laughs> That's what I said. I guess I took you as a dare. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, Dom. Maybe I will. And I was like, you will not hang out with us tonight. I know you won't. And you're like, maybe I will. And I was like, well, you should drink with us. And you're like, maybe I will. Uh-huh. And that was kind of it. So like, I hate to use the word drink because it's not like we get like hammered or anything. I was gone, dog. Well, we'll get to that. Th- this was, you know, it's very rare for E-Dog to drink. We're talking maybe holidays, uh, maybe birthdays. Extremely rare. And uh, Saturday night, I got faded with Kiki. Yeah, so it was. It was. A, well, I mean, we could just say it was a momentous occasion because uh, you know I think I've had a drink with Eric. I once. feel like Keegan complains. Yeah. Oh, you never want to hang out. And uh, but I always bring up that one time where we had yes. a drink at Milton's and watched body bags. Yes. Yes. So um, it was a very momentous occasion, Eric. I guess I'll tell it, Eric, because people love you. He's like, uh, well, if you take me to Stripes, I'll get a six pack of. Uh, Mike's hard lemonade. Again, I don't regularly drink. Yes. I don't like the taste of alcohol, so I get like the fruity stuff. Yes. And uh, I mean, I'm drinking a high noon right now, so I like fruity stuff. I don't, stuff. Know, I don't know what high noon means. Okay. Uh, vodka and soda peach. Okay. Um. So long story short, we're, he's like, oh, if you get a six pack of uh, uh, Mike's hard lemonade, I'll drink it. And uh, I was like, the whole thing? He's like, oh yeah, I'll slam the whole thing. And I was like, no, you won't. And... I'm happy to report Eric slammed the whole fucking six pack. Hold up. I was going to buy it myself, but then oh, you yeah. offered it. And I was like, yeah, sure. If you want to pay yeah, for no, my I was alcohol. just saying if we stop and get you one. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, but yeah he, he, he slammed the whole six pack. And then may have we may have slipped in a Patron shot after that. And what was funny is I was scared. Like uh, I was afraid it was going to taste bad or something. So I had to watch Keegan take his shot first so I could see how to do it. This is how little I drink this alcohol. Is, this is Easy's first tequila shot. Right. I mean, <laughs> it maybe was. I don't know. Uh, but I can't think. There was a, there was a previous girlfriend that uh, I had who enjoyed drinking alcohol and Yes, and I so maybe I did that, <laughs> and, and I hate to. I definitely do not want to promote like uh, crazy drink or anything. This was a Saturday night. None of us were driving. No, I had, I already made plans with my mother to pick me up. Yes, so it was a very safe and secure place for some buddies to hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and shout out uh, Ben, Sabra, uh, Lucas, Danell. Uh, and, then, and then later uh, we had a fun night. We did have a fun night. We played a bunch of horror trivia. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was fun. We 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 played teams. Uh, so the other people at the party could have a chance. Yeah, it was Keegan ki- and I were on separate teams. Yeah, it was kind of funny because we sit down. Eric brings over uh, Horror Edition Trivial Pursuit. Yep. Um, and when he brings it out, you know, I look around. I'm like, well, fuck. I mean, my brother is pretty <laughs> knowledgeable on horror, mostly due to me, which I'm not taking credit for. I'm just saying he, he hears his brother never shuts up about horror. Gotcha. So Ben is pretty pretty well versed but not not as as much as us and then it was like lucas my brother's wife sabra and then lucas's girlfriend danelle which i had never met before that was the first time so it's just funny that i'm getting faded yeah playing horror trivia with these people and it was kind of funny because like lucas is like well what do we you know you guys are going to win and i was like well here's what we'll do we'll make teams and we'll put eric on one team and me on the other that way it, it the end result is keegan versus eric but everyone gets to play um 
And then I and what re- happened? I didn't realize how animated I was getting, and everyone was like secretly taking pictures of me. Well, I wouldn't say secretly. <laughs> I mean, I I was so far out of it that I didn't realize that it was happening. Well, I told you I was like, this is in confidence. We're not gonna post these. <laughs> there's um, there's one where I'm like in your face, mad, and you're rolling your eyes. Yes, I, I feel like that needs to be like the new Ghoul Squad like logo or T-shirt. And we we should say. Um, I did end up winning, but we did best that's, two out of three. So oh, that's two. We had a tiebreaker, which was a lot yeah, of fun. Eric won a round. I won the second round, and I, I got lucky and won the third round. So I, I won, yeah. but uh, it was very fun. And, and, it, then, and it was funny because it was like I was getting questions like, what is the killer's first name in Friday the 13th or some bullshit like that? In, I, I, in Klaus Kinski's. And I could see you were just like seething like, why don't I get the easy ones? Yeah. Who directed the Devil's Rejects? Right. Um, and so anyways, we did that and then we, uh, we ended the night with some rock band. Probably the one I was most proud of, sorry, was, uh, what's the name of the hotel they go to in the devil's rejects? Oh, Somehow I pulled that out of my ass. I, I pulled playing. another one out of my ass, but yeah. I can't remember. That yeah. was good though. And then rock band is fun, but it may be even funner when you're, uh, faded with friends. Totally. So what was funny was like, uh, Eric obviously was the vocalist of a horror punk band. <laughs> um, so, and I know you guys are thinking that's as cool as that does sound. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, so it's kind of funny cause we all get on rock band and, uh, I, I just distinctly remember playing, uh, I was going to sing in too deep and it starts and Eric jumps off the couch runs over and then we duetted uh some 41s in too deep yeah uh, so that was a great well, what i thought was fun is you know we were like taking turns with the instruments but i felt like we didn't take turns singing because every song it was everybody's turn everybody to sing. sing what yeah. was I, I remember lucas he was like they're just got into elvis and i'm like who the fuck would want to play you know an elvis song on rock band but then sure enough there is i think the song was called suspicious minds and next thing i know i'm fucking faded yelling along to Elvis's suspicious mind. Yeah, it was like basically, I mean, basically picture like a drunk karaoke night. Yeah, it was a good time. And uh, it was kind of funny. I'll shout uh, Lucas out because he was the one party pooper that was like, I'm not taking a fucking tequila shot. Really? Uh, But we got him to do it. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, Did you tell them that Ben tested positive? Uh, Yes. Okay. Yes, they have been made aware as well. So... I think that about sums up our night. It was a, a blast. Your mom picked you up. Uh, I felt like we up. were, you know, it's funny. I'm 31. You're 34. Yes. Uh, I felt like we were children in high school drinking like we weren't supposed to. So it was very fun. Uh, I just remember I was like, I'm going to call my mom at one o'clock to come pick me up. And Ben was like, no, you're going to spend the night. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> one, I don't want to. Two, Two, I don't want it's to. very rude that I'm asking my 73-year-old mother to come pick me up at one in the morning. And yeah. he was like, no, I'll just spend the night. And, you know, it's funny because we, I mean, like, I go to bed at, like, midnight on my nights off. So mm. I end up going to sleep that night at 2.30. Damn. So there you go. So that's so Easy's big night out. Yep. We're, and we're, we're looking to see if we can sell uh, theatrical rights. Yes. Uh, but no one's biting yet. Yeah. Not yet, anyways. And with that, I think we are going to get to what we've been watching. Okay. Do we have anything else to open this pod? Uh, not that I can think of. I can't either. Again, unprepared. Unprepared. As usual. Uh, I think we'll do what we've been watching. Well, why don't we play the music? Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. 
The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So Eric and I only have one thing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but you go first, Eric. Sure. So this uh, is what we've been watching. So as I said at the start of the podcast, this is day 11 of my 11-day vacation. And I watched a lot of fucking movies. And uh, if we're not counting Nope, if we're not counting Get Out, I didn't watch any fucking horror. Nice stuff. Uh, I watched a lot of Van Damme. I watched a lot of Nick Cage. Um, but the one horror that I did watch that I thought I would discuss on our horror podcast was uh, George uh, Cosmatos. A. Romero's. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Uh, he's the father of Panos, who directed Mandy. Yes. Uh, this is a 1989 film he directed um, called Leviathan with uh, Peter Weller, Ernie Hudson, and Daniel Stern. And um, they are um, they're underwater. I forget what, I forget what uh, sea they're supposed to be in. What ocean, excuse me. And they're like five miles deep and something comes aboard. So, and, and they can't just go back up to the surface. So think alien. This is uh, alien underwater. And uh, unfortunately, it's not nearly as cool as alien. As alien. I mean, well, what is? But you would think uh, alien underwater Leprechaun would be cool. Leprechaun in space. Uh, however, um, even though I didn't like the film, I will say I'm like super interested now to get into aquatic horror. Like, yeah. like I want like underwater monsters, like deep rising. The abyss. Okay, the abyss is amazing. Yeah, but it's also not horror. Sure. And I guess that's what I'm. I'm wanting. Like, I feel like that's a a new subgenre that I need to wait for it. Dip my toe in the water for. And then they no? just see on their podcast player, it just ends. The no. podcast just ends right there. <laughs> well, it ends because they shut it off because of how bad that was. Yes, yes. Um, what about Underwater a few uh, a couple of years ago? What was Underwater? Uh, that Oh, Chris yeah. Movie. No, exactly. I want more shit. That was really good. Like that. Yes, yeah. please. I mean, that was like, I mean, that wasn't like my favorite film or anything. But yes, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking yeah. for creatures underneath water. Yes. Yeah. So. That was Leviathan. So you like Leviathan. I didn't like Leviathan, but it, it makes Wait, me... Wait, what? I did not like Leviathan, but it you makes me... You just did the whole thing, and then I did not like Leviathan. I did not like Leviathan. Okay. But, uh, oh, man, there's this great part. Great part. Where the where, movie ends. Where where Peter Weller yells, Say, ah, motherfucker! And that was probably the reason it got two stars on my letterbox. And with that, that was... Leviathan. <laughs> Leviathan. <laughs> yes. What about you, Kiki? What so, have you been watching? Uh, I just rewatched Men. That's my movie. Okay. I rewatched Men, and uh, I wanted to say that I really, really fucking liked it the second time. Um, first time you see Men, right? Alex Garland's Men. We talked it a lot on our last episode. Um, the first time you see it, it's sort of like, uh, okay, like what the fuck? How how was it going into like? I, it's, I, I feel like it's kind of hard to say, like, what's going on. Yeah, we don't want to spoil it, but yeah. No, no, no. What I mean is, like, because even after I've seen it, I still don't know what's going sure. on. So I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, like, how was your experience the second time knowing where the story goes? So the second time I was able to, like, look for more clues instead mm -hmm. of, you know, like, try to figure out what was going on. Because I already knew, one, they're not going to say what's going on. Number two, I know oh. what's going on to the best of my ability. Gotcha. But basically, I don't have to look for that. 
So I was more so looking for clues. And there were a couple shots in the movie that I didn't remember um, that I feel like offered me a bit more information. But ultimately, still, I don't think the film explains itself at all. But uh, I really, really, really liked it. I mean, mm. like, I basically love men. You get it? Um, I basically love the, the film Men now. Um, but again, I, I definitely don't know exactly what was going on. I'm uh, not Dana. Shout out to Dana. But uh, you still wouldn't put it high on your Alex Gardland list, no? No. I mean, I, you're saying you're like I'm saying you like it, but there's other of his films you like more. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I like it more than Ex Machina. So I would really? say well, Ex Machina oh, wow. is kind of straightforward. I guess maybe that's why I like it. Yeah, I mean, Ex Machina is really good, but it's very straightforward. It's not necessarily mysterious or ambiguous. And I really, I mean, my favorite film of his is Annihilation. Definitely. And I love that weirdness and ambiguity. And I feel like Ex Machina doesn't really have any of that. It's it more doesn't. of, you know, a robot film. Correct. Um, and so I do really like Ex Machina, but I, I almost think I like men more just because it's so insane. And, mm. and it does have that ambiguity that I really uh, like. So I almost would say like Annihilation, Men, Ex Machina, Devs. But Devs was really good. Did you ever watch Devs? I never watched Devs. Oh, you'd like it, though. Are they hour-long episodes? I think so. Mm. Maybe 45 minutes. It's on Hulu. It's right. really fucking good. Um, so, yeah. So, I really, really liked Men the second time. Uh, I'm really sad that Alex Garland announced that he's making one more movie, and then he's quitting directing. Right. He's going back to screenwriting. Um, yeah. So, I got Exclusively. A, I bought the uh, 4K on iTunes because they're only putting a Blu-ray out of it in the U.S., so it's sort of like, I don't want the Blu-ray. I mean, that's kind of pointless for me to get when there's a 4K online. Um, so I did that. And, and yeah, I showed it to uh, my brother, Ben, and his wife, Sabra. And it was kind of fun to watch it through their eyes as well because I knew it was going to happen. So it was kind of fun to like see it through like kind of like a fresh set of eyes. And they both really liked it. They yeah. also didn't know what was going on, which I don't think it's possible. But um uh, it was kind of funny because Saber liked it, right? And it's it's insane. You know, if you've seen Men, you know what happens at the end of Men. And uh, it was funny because she was like, uh, I was like, well, what what were you thinking while that was happening? Because uh, there's a crazy violent thing at the end of the film. I don't think that's a giant spoiler. And uh, she's like, you know, you guys have kind of des- desensitized me to films like this. So I just thought, oh, okay. Like, yeah, of course. And then my brother was like, yep. Like, I can't say what it is, but everyone knows if you've seen men, there's something specific that happens at the end of the film. Right. And Ben Ben said he was watching it, and as soon as it started, he said, oh, yep. Yep. I mean, of course. Like, this is what happens at the end of men. Okay, right. sure. Uh, and that's how I felt, too. Like This is what Keggy likes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so, anyways, Alex Garland's Men. Check it out if you haven't seen it, but do not watch it if you don't like uh, insanely ambiguous bullshit, mm. uh, because you will hate uh, men. But I really like it. So, yeah, I think that's literally our what we've been watching. Right. So we will do – we have no trivia. No trivia. I didn't even think to bring it down. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, we played a lot of it the other night. We did. We'd probably get all the same goddamn cards we did Saturday. And we'd probably still do just as bad. Yeah. So uh, – and then we also don't have Terror Tunes. No Terror Tunes, which is right. two uh, two episodes in a row. So uh, this is supposed to be sort of, sort of a smaller episode to review. Nope. So we're, let's get to that. Okay. So – Let's hit the feature presentation button now.
Okay, Eric. And we're back. Yes, we're back. We're we're back with our spoiler-free review of Jordan Pilps. Pilps. Pilp. <laughs> Bill. Uh, Bill Pilps. Nope. <laughs> so, Eric, uh, yeah, so we're going to review Nope, and then we will do some Jordan Peele talk, and then we will do a spoiler review of Nope. So, Eric, yes. I think, well, actually, Eric Hoff, Uh-oh. what is Nope? Okay, Nope. Uh, with little spoilers with, with we'll, we'll, do, we'll go none um nope is about a brother and sister uh oj and m who own a um a ranch um with horses uh it's called haywood's hollywood horses and if there's a production whether it's a commercial or a film that needs horses in their project uh haywood's hollywood horses can provide them so the majority of the film is set on their ranch when they discover something in the sky. Something is amiss at the Haywood ranch. Ranch, Right, exactly. <laughs> and so where do we start? That's why I'm kind of like, where do we start here? Yeah. Um, Did Eric like Jordan Peele's Nope? Fuck yeah, I liked it. Um, I feel like there was so much stuff. I, I just love it when like... There's a mystery to be unraveled. Definitely. And that's exactly the there's the way the film opens is like crazy. I would say it's a subplot to a secondary character. Yep. And, and it's like a cold open before the title or anything. And immediately I was like, what is going on? So immediately the film hooks me uh, with the mystery that it's going to unravel. And then... Just with what little I already know from seeing, you know, trailers and such, uh, I was just like super undone to, you know, discover where it goes. And I think the film really does culminate in exceeding my mystery expectation. What about for you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. It's kind of, you know, I feel like we say this a lot, or at least I do. It's sort of hard, like, where do we start, right? Right. But, I mean, just reacting to what you're saying, it's, yeah, it. My favorite thing ever is Mystery Box, right? So I love, I come from the school of JJ mm-hmm. and I love the Cloverfield films and his sensibility and style because he's always offering up mysteries and then either uncovering them or not. Um, but I just love thinking about what is going to happen or what right. did happen or trying to understand it. And, and, and just now thinking about it, after the credits... Uh, the opening credits, excuse me, uh, we catch up with our main characters uh, in the present. And then something else happens to them. So it's like immediately we get two of these back-to-back. Yes. Okay, like what is happening here? Yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, my I've said it a lot. So, I, you know, I'll try to refrain from saying I said that a lot. But um, one of my favorite things ever is, feel okay, number one, feeling a uh, director's confidence in what they're doing. Um, and number two, uh, feeling like my hand, uh, you know, they're, they're taking me by the hand and saying, Shh, just pay attention. Right. And go, go with me on this and hopefully I reward you, you know, right. like the, the, the sense of mystery and wonder that, that you get. And Jordan Peele is so fucking good at this, which is he, he has the great, I don't know how he's so good at writing and directing uh, this this confident feeling of y- you'll see, you know, it's like this, like right. Exactly. Let me get. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But but 
but like, but you'll see. Right. You he, know, he's got a payoff. Yes. Right. And um, it's sort of my favorite type of directing. Um, and he's kind of knocking these out of the park doing it. And I remember I was telling you, it's kind of weird that like Jordan Peele can, he's made three of these now. Right. And generally when a director gets a chance to make their first film, you know, they throw all their ideas and all their direction, um, you know, sort of creativity into their first film because they've been waiting forever to make a movie. So you, you'd think Get Out would be, you know, his masterpiece. And then and that's why it's generally hard to follow your, your, your next movie up. It's hard to follow your film up, your first one. So his sophomore film happens to be probably my favorite. We'll get to it, but probably my favorite Jordan Peele movie, which is Us. Interesting. So he follows Get Out, which is like this cultural phenomenon, with Us, which is crazy, completely different, not about the same themes at all, and then follows that up (laughs) with something equally different. With, you know, essentially what looks like, and again, I am not spoiling it, what looks like to be a UFO movie of some sort. Right. Um, Something in the sky, like you said. Like we don't, you know, you don't know. And to knock these all out of the park, and I'm not saying they're perfect, um, I think Get Out, probably perfect. is perfect. Right. Um, us isn't because it's a bit wild, but that's why I love its ambition. And then, you know, to follow it up with Nope, which again, I don't think is perfect either, but it's ambition almost gets higher. And, mm. um, I just, that appeals to me so high. And yeah, as far as the film itself, you know, you get Daniel Kaluuya and, uh, uh Kiki Palmer mm-hmm. just having really cool performances they got good chemistry in the film. Yeah, great. Yes. Like, it's like they've known each other forever. Right. And so, you know, obviously. Her charisma is like crazy high. Crazy high. Uh, I just like her outfits in general. Right. Exactly. Uh, I will never dress that cool. No, I could never look that cool in my life. Hell, I could never look as cool as Daniel Kaluuya with, with the the Carhartt shirts. Right. Um, but, uh, and the trucker hat. But uh, yeah, so I mean, what what else about before we get to spoilers? Uh, what what do we like? Well, before we move on, please forgive me. I'm gonna do a little shit talking. But whenever you just mentioned how usually when a director their debut film is like stellar, and then their the rest of their output is less than, I'm looking at you, Neil Blomkamp. Oh yes, because yes. that is one man who knocked the fuck out of the park with his first film, yes. and his follow up films have been very. Blah. Uh, I have a random one for you. Okay, lay it's on me. Josh dude. Trank. Ooh, uh, he did Chronicle. Right, and then he did Fantastic Four which, and Capone. Yes, and so it's sort of like, damn, like what the fuck happened? All right. Um, We're now going to rank directors who had great debuts and terrible follow-up films. Now ranking all three films from Josh <laughs> Trank. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's just been. It's crazy, and it's it's almost. I know. I know. Nope, just came out, and I'm going to spend the next two right. months analyzing it in my head. Right. But it's kind of like, well, what the fuck is this kind of going to do now? Like, right? Where can you go from here? Um, I think something I'd like to mention outside the spoilers is sort of the Spielbergian um, feel, look and feel of this movie, where it feels basically like Close Encounters, uh, and some ET, mostly Close Encounters, like sort of obsession and and um a lot of shots at uh magic hour and you know on a on a countryside on a ranch i'm gonna go with the obvious how it's 
I'm going to show you just very little of what's possibly going on to full-blown, this is what's happening at the end of the film. Yes, yes. And then uh, also like sort of the family dynamic and right. uh, the hardworking uh, American mm-hmm. uh, idea, you know, Spielberg always loves that. Um, and so, man, it just, it kind of, it kind of appealed to me on every level. Um, and then the spectacle, which, which I think, you know, I, I, I listened to a bit of what Jordan Peele was talking about. I heard, I listened to a couple of interviews and that's the word he used. And I wasn't quite sure how to explain what the film was about. And I don't think it's a spoiler to, to at least come up with some themes of the film. Do you? I don't. The one I walked away with is like, we shouldn't fuck with nature and animals. Yeah. I think that's a good one. Um, my first thought was like sort of the, I'm not sure if this is a full word, but vapidity the vapidness of uh, Hollywood mm. and how it's sort of um, uh, it's, it's, you know, we want these things to be uh, really, you know, spectacle. Like, like they, I mean, I think it says it in the opening, which I noticed this time. Oh, right. There's like a I'll car. I'll turn you into spectacle. Yeah. yeah. I'll throw great abomination and filth and vile. Yeah. And turn you into spectacle. I'm probably, I probably misword that, but it's something like that. And sort of how we like see a car crash and everyone slows down to look at it. And we're all sort of complicit in wanting to see these uh, horrific images, right? Horrific, big things. And then we, I think what I got out of it, which I haven't heard him talk about was more so the, the, the quickness of it and how, how we, you know, consume something and instantly move on from it. Yes. And in some cases it can be a really important moment in someone's life, but we just see it on, on the news and fucking we just, fly right past right, it. Right. We just see it on social media and keep going. Exactly. Which is, which is really interesting. Which because, I think we'll remember to expand on in spoilers. Right. Which is interesting because that's kind of an idea in the film. Like uh, you learn that whatever what is going on shouldn't be looked at. Right. Yes. Yes. That's great. Uh, a sort of theme tying thing. Right. Right. But I'm not sure we can really say more than that now. Uh, otherwise, we'll get into spoilers. Yeah. So we definitely liked it a bunch. Yeah, a lot. And I just, you know, admire his, his, you know, uh, reach for this thing. And yeah, as far as the IMAX stuff, I mean, I, I would say like it was like 70% was shot full IMAX. Oh, wow. And the entire finale is full IMAX. And I'm talking like the entire final 45 minutes is just straight IMAX footage. And um, it was just gorgeous, amazing, and so... You know, this reminded me of, I don't think it's a spoiler to compare to, you know, when we left, I said it kind of feels like a Cloverfield movie. Mm. And by that, I mean, you know, I know we only really have two of them. Yeah, there's Paradox, Cloverfield Paradox, but, you know, sort That's of, a big piece of mystery, uh, mystery unraveling, s- possible um, sci-fi elements, and, uh, you know, ending with a giant conclusion that, that it, it, it sort of feels like Cloverfield. And um, that was exciting to me as well <laughs> because I love films like that. And I, of course, attend the Church of JJ, which is where I got that from. So, yeah, I I don't know. I fucking – I love Nope. I mean, I, I want to see it again already. I want to analyze it. I want to look for more shit in it. Um, I forgot about that title card till we we just saw it. Mm. When, I, when it said spectacle, I was like, fuck, I didn't even think – you know, of course, he's showing it for a reason. But, you know, we read it and then we keep going. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Was that a biblical quote? I, I don't know. Hmm. I think so. so I Didn't guess it say my, Jeremiah? Something like that. Which or, I think, or, or maybe you're thinking us. Yeah, you're right. I am. Uh, yeah, 1111 from that film. 
Um, so I guess my takeaway now after like we've got to uh, speak about it back and forth is uh, we shouldn't jock a director until their sophomore effort is uh, reviewed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's just astounding um, what Jordan Peele's doing. And I, you know, it, it's kind of funny because I feel like, you know, a lot of people in the horror genre are probably saying this, but um, you know, I wouldn't say it if I, you know, it kind of reminds me of, this is not the same level. I'm not sure I should even bring this up, but you know how everyone likes Scott Derrickson and his films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I just liked everything everyone liked, I would love Sinister and I would love fucking the black phone, mm-hmm. but I kind of don't. So, you know, I'm not, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not just saying, Oh, Jordan Peele. Like, no, right. it's fucking crazy how good he is. And, uh, I love him. So well, that makes two of us. Yeah. So there you go. That makes two of us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, we don't have to give spoilers yet. No. We can talk uh, just Jordan Peele in general. I feel like that's a good transition. Okay. Um, Eric, you rewatched Get Out. Oh my God, duh. Yeah. Oh my God, like how? I rewatched Get Out as well. Yes, uh, you did. Leading up to to uh, no nope. nope. Right. Yep. Um, God damn, Get Out. Um, it's kind of exciting to see it not in that cultural moment. Because at the time, you think it was maybe so you're just caught up in hype. Yes, and it was so new and interesting. It was a you know, um, yeah, kind of, sort of. It was it was it was a big deal, and it's kind of exciting to rewatch it now because it's like holy shit, it was better. I feel like than I remember. What's what's crazy in this? This shouldn't matter, but like that's an Oscar winning film. Yeah, like that's fucking nuts. What's nuts is that's his first film. And it was like specifically for uh, writing, but uh, you know it had been a minute since I'd seen it, and uh, you know I grew up with like um, black storytelling, just mm-hmm. like films, like shit, like The Last Dragon. So I'm just like juice, s- juice. So I'm just like so I don't know, like so just from that, like okay, so there's the horror aspect, and then there's the black storytelling aspect of it, and that's just like two of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I like Get Out so much. It's a clever ass uh, idea, and then whenever like the violence starts getting uh, squirted around, it's so goddamn gratifying. Crazy gratifying. Oh, you know, yeah. my my thought was, um, I re when I rewatched it, uh, I had I had read a thing that was like Jordan Peele's favorite horror movies. Oh, damn! What did he say? Well, one of them surprised me. Uh, because I don't hear this mentioned all that often. We do all the time. And he listed martyrs mm. on there. And I was talking to you about on the way back from El Paso that I had sort of realized that I was like, oh my God, Get Out is very similar to martyrs. Um, martyrs and Get Out are doing different things, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure everyone knows what Get Out is. I don't I guess shouldn't spoil it specifically. And I definitely shouldn't spoil martyrs specifically. But basically, it's these two sort of cult-like groups that are doing a scientific, um, uh, what would you call it, procedure. Procedure. And they take place in a basement. They capture someone and do it in the basement. And They do it. Uh, yes. They have a, a sort of cabal of people that are uh, doing this in this scientific thing. And uh, even so much as in Get Out, there's like uh, items and stuff in the in the... Uh, basement that are like, uh, uh, like from different cultures and stuff, and that that's sort of in martyrs a bit, where they're 
Um, they even watches like a video that shows uh, that shows him explains, explains to him right. what the procedure is, and that also happens. Not a video, but it also happens in Martyrs. And so I just wanted to quickly mention, holy shit! Uh, I didn't realize They're how similar. yeah influenced he was by uh, Martyrs, and that's really cool that he would, um, you know, sort of ref even if he's just referencing it, you know. Martyrs, like that's such a crazy movie to pick, right? Um, so I love Jordan Peele even more. So uh, we're not doing trivia, but I watched Get Out yesterday. You watched it leading up to Nope. Yes, got a piece of trivia for you, Dow. Okay, Dow. All right, it ready? Down. We're digging a little deep on Get Out, and if you know the answer, please feel free to scream into whatever device you're currently listening to our podcast on. What is the name of the procedure that is used in Get Out for them oh, to be able to fuck. transfer? It's someone's name, isn't it? I don't know. I, <laughs> no, I do. I do know, but I'm just. I, I'm, I. What was funny is I. I was watching Get Out, and I was like, "That'd make for a great trivia question." I can't remember now. the coagula procedure. Oh, coagula. Yeah. Okay. I, I wonder if that's referenced to have, something because I mean, it certainly went over my head. The, the family's last name is Armitage, so I don't know. I mean, you know, coag, right? Coagulation, like blood. Yeah, blood. But okay. that's the only. But coagula, I have no idea. Hmm. But um, are you thinking Caligula? Yes. I tried my best to pronounce it. I was trying to pronounce Spielbergian on the way back from our trip, and boy, did I fumble the ball on that word. What a giant mistake. Yeah. Uh, So we love Get Out. Yes, Get Out. Okay, so I'm not confident if I like Us or Nope more, but Get Out is definitely my favorite Jordan Peele film. Yeah, and I feel like um, I guess we could do that. Well, we we could just talk Us. Um, So... Rewatched us. This yep. is probably the fifth time I've seen it. And um, yeah, I still think it's like fucking high art. I still think it's amazing. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies ever made. Um, I I like it more than Get Out. Even though Get Out is more perfect, um, us is is more ambiguous and wild. Right. Right. And I think it's funnier. I think it's the funniest yeah. of his three films. Uh definitely more action, more stuff going on, uh bigger cast, um, in terms of main characters. Uh I love that Elizabeth Moss is randomly in, in it. it. Right. Uh, Tim fun. Heidecker is randomly in it. Is he the husband to Elizabeth yes, Moss? Yes, oh, and okay. it's very funny what uh happens with him. I knew you'd forget the fucking flare gun. Uh, yes. Yep. Uh, my favorite part is whenever he... Winston uh, Duke is like phenomenal. The, he's like the best part of the he, whole movie. He's like this cringeworthy but super fun father figure. Which or, he, or he is the father. Which y'all, which y'all scared of a family? Yeah. <laughs> if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. <laughs> and yeah. then they leave and he's like, oh, fuck That's this. so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. So, and then obviously like this has a lot of Jaws uh reference and stuff in it because they go to the a, beach a child is wearing a jaws t-shirt yes yep. yes um and then ultimately i just love story oh my god we can't forget that yaya's in yes in, in us and even though it's a very minor role any film with yaya yes is okay by my book um and again this is kind of even more this is more like hand when i say hand holding i mean like come with me i'll show you something fun uh mm. crazy this is more this is more towards that than it is Get Out. Get Out, I feel like, is more straightforward. That's fair. Um, which is not a bad thing. It's just... it. it I would say Us is more ambitious than yeah. Get Out. And it appeals to me more to like think about what he's trying to say and do on like a metaphorical level in Us than Get Out. Get Out, I feel like, is very literal in what it's doing. And Us is bigger and, and more ambiguous, you know, which I, I've, I've, as I've stated a lot, love. 
Um, but I also just love the minutes minute movie of us as well. And Lupita Nyong'o. I kind of just had a wild thought that I'm probably not going to articulate well. Oh, good. I'm going to try. So bear with E dog. Okay. So, uh, you're talking about how like get out is kind of literal. And I just said us is a bit more ambitious and I was going to say, well, yeah, ultimately us is kind of like a threat to America in general, like what's, what's happening. But then also the victims in get out are also a huge part of America. So I feel like it's an equally huge threat. Oh, for sure. In both uh, films. I don't know why that just kind of like dawned on me. It's not so much, you know, I think like, um, I remember I had conversations with people about us when it came out and everyone got really focused on the um, like logic holding. Oh, well, no, the, the logical problems with like the ending. Okay. And, I just remember being like, when I saw the film, I never even thought about that because I was thinking of it more. I feel like it, it sort of goes a bit more into metaphorical territory. Like even the film that's happening, the story goes a bit more metaphorical in my opinion than just like, you know, there's, I can't spoil us, but some of the things that are happening at the end, I feel like are just showing us them visually, but not actually how they were happening. Um, because it, it would seem impossible what's happening at the end of this movie to actually exist. Right. Um, and so to me, I just saw it as this giant metaphor and I think it's easily wrapped up in that incredible moment, uh, where, uh, you know, they all sit down on the couch, uh, with the doubles and they look at Lapita Nyong'o and says, you know, who are you people? And she just says, we are American. Right. Um, I just get chills thinking about that because it's so fucking cool and reaching. Um, I love, I just, I love, you know, film daring to do more uh, and, and possibly leave people behind and how big it tries to get. Uh, I love that. I love, love us. Um, Again, I'm not, I think get out is a better film probably quote unquote, but us, uh, I like us more. Mm. Uh, because of what it's trying to do and and how uh, ambiguous and ambitious it is. Um, there's a part of me that just wants to go ahead and say us is my least favorite, but then I think about the dance fight between both of Lapita Nyong'o's characters at the end, and that is fucking nuts. And the music. And the music, yes. Boom, 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 so boom. So goddamn boom. good. Boom, 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 And that song, I got five on it. Mm-hmm. I like how that becomes the score. Yes. In that moment when they're dance fighting. And that's sort of like what I'm talking about by the confidence. Like, I just can't. How do you come up with that? Yes. Song? How do you like, you're yeah. like, oh, you know what? And then can you incorporate this song into the score and then I'll play it beautifully at the right time? Like. Right. Insane. Um, yeah. I, I love us. I mean, I think I I've made too. that clear. Yeah. And so we talked Nope. So at, I guess at this point in time, even though I love us, I'm going to say it's my least favorite Jordan Peele. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. And then, so I guess number two is Nope. And how about we go into Nope? Yeah, yes, but spoiler territory? Should I say my ranking? Please do. So as we stated, we just saw Nope. We you did. know, it would probably be Should more. Should we tell the truth? Tell the truth. I guess we both took a little nappy nap. Oh, in we, our second we, we viewing? We went to go see our second viewing of no. I did my best, goddammit, but... Yeah, I don't know what happened. All of a sudden, like it, right what, in the middle. What was funny was Keegan was telling me that he fell asleep, but I thought he was asking if I fell asleep, and I was like, well, 
that's kind of E-Dog's thing. I didn't full on fall asleep, but and, I did doze off. And then so when you told me you dozed off, I was like, what? Kiki don't fall asleep. Oh, what? Yeah, I turned into the home improvement. A bit, com- a bit complicated to bring up home improvement now. Yeah, uh, not sure why, but you can keep going. I'm not either, but okay. I'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, oh, so my ranking. So I think it's a bit irresponsible to rank him so early. We just saw Nope. You know, we've seen the other films. I think they're sort of both masterpieces in their in their own in their own right. Us and and Get Out. So I feel like it's sort of shortchanging Nope to be like, and here's the ranking. Right. But because we have to. Um, uh, my first thought would be nope one us Damn. two Damn. and uh uh get out three but i think right now it would probably be best for me cuz i know everyone's waiting with bated breath for my ranking that's a joke but um i think that right now it would be good to say us uh nope get out that's mine and and again i am not i i think get out is one of the best movies ever made i just like the other films more uh, in regards to um, ranking and nope, where are you putting it so far uh, with your end of the year list? Hmm, good question. Um, probably right now it would be. I'm thinking three for me. I think I got. What, what's ahead of it? Screaming X. Oh, I would put nope above those two. Damn. Uh, I think nope's my number one so far. And I think that it, that perfectly encapsulates. Encapsulates. Our characteristics. E Dog likes the straightforward stuff. You like the big thinking stuff. Yes, and 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 also it so happens that it's like Spielbergian, but Jordan Peele. So right. yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, yeah, I think it would be my number one of the year so far. Um, what if Spielberg was a ghost producer on this? Dog, I mean, that wouldn't be the first time. And then he it turns out he to, actually uh, directed it. He did that with Three O'clock High. Did and you know that? No. And if you don't know, now, now you, you know. know. Go ahead. Who keeps a fit the Hennessy in a cargo pocket full of weed? And if you don't know, now you know. Yep. Okay. So I guess we did our rankings and everything. So that leaves the spoiler section. That leaves the spoiler section. So if you haven't seen Nope, I guess turn off now. Or maybe you don't give a shit about spoilers. Maybe you like to know what's coming. Yes. I think I was just thinking of another thing to throw in. But you know what? Go ahead. Nope. Because it's a spoiler. Nope. So let's just do spoilers now for Nope. So if you haven't seen Nope, please leave the podcast and never come back. Yep. Uh, and so I think we're going to do spoilers for Nope starting now.
please okay. do not adjust your podcast listening equipment. We are going to divulge. Uh, nope, spoilers now. Yes. So Eric, we are here. Yes, we are here. So what do you want to talk freely? Yeah. What do you want to do first? Do you want to do Gordy's home? <laughs> That's what I want to do first. I would love to do Gordy's home first. Um, why don't you tell us? So obviously, spoilers for Nope. Here okay. we are. Uh, why don't you tell us about Gordy's home? Eric? I would love to tell you about Gordy's home. Uh, Probably like the best thing in the movie. It's pretty far out there. Okay. Uh, what's interesting is I don't see Gordy. Okay. I should just explain what Gordy's home is first. Please do, Eric. Okay. So in the film, Stephen Yoon's character is a childhood actor. Uh, he had a he had a TV show called Kid Sheriff that blew up, and then in 1996. He starred in a sitcom called Gordy's Home. Gordy's Home was about a man and woman who are both uh, married. Um, they are astronauts, and they have two children and a pet chimpanzee named Gordy. Yes. So, uh, who just, wears Hawaiian shirts and uh, jean shorts? Quick side note: Did you watch the? They shot like yes. an opening. The opening credits of if Gordy's I, Home. If I did my job, I just played that theme song. It's so good. this, yes. You're a strange animal. Strange animal. animal. God damn, it's so good. What's funny is on the next cover of Fangoria, the newsstand cover, it looks like a TMZ uh, like type cover where it's like, wild chimpanzee attack on set of Gordy's really? Home. Yeah, so uh, again. Uh, did you hear the theme song in the film? Yeah, yeah. At, at this the, this time is a, I heard it because because I had watched the clip when uh, they're in Stephen Yoon's like shrine. Yes. Okay, so we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Okay, so and again in the show, Stephen Yoon's it's character so crazy. is a child actor. We're almost not even talking about the nope part, but this is, I feel this is an integral part. Oh, absolutely. And I will say why I think so. Hopefully, I do. I feel like the subtext in this helped me with the entire film. Okay. Like this subtext, I was like, oh, okay. I think I get it. Like I think, right? So go ahead. Okay, so uh, there, there's an episode uh, in season two of Gordy's Home where it's Gordy's birthday. Yes, and the children are giving the chimpanzee presents, and one of the presents is filled with balloons filled with helium. One of them pops, and that causes the chimpanzee that's playing Gordy to just snap. Gordy goes crazy, ballistic, and attacks the cast and crew. When the film opens. His rampage is like ending, right? He's he's already attacked um, the 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 actress that plays the mother. We later see in another flashback he then attacks the the actor that plays the father. And while all of this is happening, Stephen Yoon, as a child, is hiding underneath a table watching this, terrified. Yes, right, exactly. Um, hey, do we want to continue? It, it we're culmin- doing spoilers. Yeah, it culminates. In um, apparently the first ever uh, fist pump boom. That's incorrect. They're about to fist bump. Well, that's so, what I'm getting at. Oh. Uh, the, the first ever fist pump boom motion appeared on screen in Gordy's home. Right. So apparently that's part of their, their thing. Right, exactly. Uh, so Gordy sees Steven Yoon's... Oh, real quick. So in the opening... Jupe is his name. Yes. In the o- his nickname anyways. Do we, do we sound excited? In the opening, uh, it's a cold open... And it first is this clip of him under the table. And he's just watching Gordy walk around with blood all over his mouth, the chimpanzee. Right. And blood all over his body. And he's then smack, you know, slamming on a body, which is, which is his mom. Right. Uh, on the show, the woman actress. Right. 
And then he like walks over, stops, looks up, and he sees him under the table, but he sees us. Right. He sees the audience. Right. And we And that's when the opening credits he start. Looks, he looks directly into the lens, the chimpanzee with blood all over him, mm. looks into the lens and it cuts to black. Right. And I was like, holy fuck. There's there's bits in this sequence where I don't know what the fuck is going on. Uh and what I'm getting at is there the actress's shoe is standing straight up. Yes. That's never goddamn explained, at least to me. Did you catch anything there? No. I, the only thing. At I, first, I was going to be like, okay, there's an alien in the goddamn uh, where they're shooting. But you're no, a strange a animal. Animal. Uh, Hopefully, that's on iTunes, Doc, because I'd love to be bumping that just all day. So, um, but but I just, the the confidence and audacity to open one of the biggest films of the year with an animal attack and and such a mean-spirited image and it gets meaner yes but to open the film with that he looks in the lens and looks at us the audience and it cuts and i was like oh my god right this is like one of the greatest things i've seen ever and it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie like it does but i'm saying at the time i don't know right exactly you know, i'm assuming it's the fucking ranch with the aliens and, right exactly me too and by this point jordan pill has already cast out his fishing line yes and the hook and is now hook, in my mouth hook line and sinker right. exactly exactly so i'm like give me more gordy absolutely gordy, you know what let's start it now hashtag gordy lives <laughs> <laughs> hashtag justice for gordy hashtag justice for gordy yep um, so where, where, where do we want to go next, Eric? I think we can just keep, uh, rolling along here, rolling along here. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to keep talking more Gordy. Okay. Let's that's do that. Okay. Yeah. So, well, when the film advances, uh, into the present, uh, Steven Yoon's character, Jupe, uh, he owns a theme park. Jupiter's called, claim. Called Jupiter's claim. And it's like attraction and attraction of his previous, work as a child yes it's like part kid sheriff and part gordy's home yes you learn that he has just tons of memorabilia of gordy's home that he charges people to come and and see what's awesome is uh we learned that uh daniel kaluuya 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 his character in an effort to i guess keep his ranch afloat is selling jupe his horses yes so when this is when this when we first see this meeting happening, OJ's sister is with them, and she is just kind of starstruck when she realizes who Jupe is, and Jupe seemingly seems happy to tell the story of what happened that day on set, and thus our subtext starts to reveal itself. Correct. Where I feel like I was like, oh, okay. I feel this really kind of explains Stephen Yoon's character. Yes. So when he tells the story. It's almost a joke. Well, it, you know, he's making the whole, money off of the whole this story. Yes, the whole story kicks off with her seeing a Mad Magazine cover, right? Uh, making fun of the event, and he says, "You haven't heard of the Gordy's Home incident? It has a name. It's it has a whole like lore, basically. Right. Like, go ahead. In the context of the film, you learn the studio tried to bury it, but it's just kind of become this cult following. Yes, the, the show and the incident." Of what happened, which I think also, I'm just now thinking of this, tying into the whole, we just want to stare at car wrecks. Yes. Thing. Um, and oh, go, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to get at whenever Steven Yoon is telling this story, it's like a joke. It's become a joke to the point that you learned on one episode of Saturday Night Live, they recreated and made fun of 
this incident. Yes. Uh, Steven Yoon is describing... Chris Kattan. Yes, you learn that he played uh, the monkey. And in the skit, anytime they mention something about the jungle, Gordy goes crazy. So even though Jupe is seemingly okay with this, we see a flashback of how terrorized... Under the table, terrified. He, he yeah. actually was. And should we proceed with what happens then? Sure. Okay, so uh, at this moment, when, when when Keegan was saying how when the film starts and Gordy looks at you and it and it cuts, he's looking at Jupe, child Jupe. Yeah. And he starts to approach Jupe, and you're kind of thinking like, oh, shit. Well, but well, in my opinion, well, wait, wait. Gordy doesn't look crazy yeah. anymore. He looks friendly to me. Well, so in this, and I, I have a comment on that. Please go ahead. So sort of before that happens, like you, you, you mentioned earlier that – you know, he's beating up on the mom and all that stuff, the mom actress. He beats up the, the, the actor. And then, and then the father character uh, appears and he's like, no, Gordy, no. And he takes off running. Yeah. And you just see him beating the dad to death off screen. Yeah, it's really neat. He like goes into this door that like shakes yes. open and closed to shut. And so whenever it opens, we just see Gordy pounding just on this pounding actor. pounding on it, right. yes. Yeah. And, uh-oh, your apartment is haunted. <laughs> I think it was ice. Uh, sorry about that. Um, so we then, you know, uh, get to the part where he finally sees Jupe. Right. And uh, uh, we finally see a, a a scene that's in the trailer where we just, like, see this hand stick out. And what I thought was just incredible is, like, I've got all these dumb theories in my head watching that trailer. And it's so great to finally see the answer. Yes. You know, in the film, to see it in context of the film. And it's Gordy, in my opinion, looking friendly, wanting a fist bump. So here, here's what I think. From Jupe. Here's what I think happened. Light on me. So, I, I'm, you know, again, we just saw this. We're, we're a bit amped up. And, you know, this is our reaction. Maybe I'll figure – maybe we'll know later what this was. But I think what happens is Gordy sees him under the table. And um, it, it looks like in another episode, he's under the table. Or like in the theme song that was oh, posted yeah. On, yeah. on – Jordan Peele posted – it looks like maybe that's something that act, that that character on the show does, does is hide under the table. Right. So I feel like Gordy sees it and snaps back into like, like playful acting, right. acting fun. And I feel like it's like you said, like this nature versus the industry. Like don't try to tame. Uh, Keith uh, David's character even says that some animals can't be tamed. Yeah. And and I feel like it's like him, Gordy sort of. I'm trying to think of how to say this. Like the phoniness, the the fakeness of Gordy arrives again. Right. You know, oh, I'll fist bump the kid like I'm supposed to. And then. And then we hear footsteps uh, off screen and then a gunshot and Gordy gets blown away. We just see blood splatter onto what, onto what looks like a, like tablecloth. A, a tablecloth. Right. And we see Jupe's face covered in, in blood. And that is Gordy's home. And then, so we see how traumatized Jupe, child Jupe is from this. And then when we cut back to the present, we kind of start seeing through Steven Yoon's uh, enthusiasm. Maybe yeah. he's not as okay as he thinks he is. And I think, in my opinion, my interpretation of Nope is that explains why Steven Yoon is okay with doing what he's doing. Right, because he's been sort of conditioned for that to to want that spectacle no matter the cost almost. Right. I feel like is, is a way to put it like there's and, continued animal cruelty. Right. And then also to, I mean, we're in spoiler territory we to are in spoiler tame territory. the monster. That's true. If you will. Um, and can we, after you get done with this, let's, let's talk about the monster. Okay. But yeah, so to sort of tame the monster and, and train it, 
in a way. And also he's reaching for that like success, right? Which I think is pretty clear that he doesn't have it anymore. Right. Because his, you know, his career basically ended with Gordy's home, Gordy's home and the incident. incident, Right. Um, but I just found it so profound to, um, you know, and I, I know it's, it's simple, but it was profound to me whenever he's explaining the, uh, SNL skit as like this joke. Right. And then it cuts back to him as a kid and it's this traumatic moment for him as a person. But to everyone else, it was this stupid, uh, did you hear when that monkey went crazy on that show? It's become a joke. Right. And it's so ingrained in the popular culture. Mad TV made a ma- magazine out of it. SNL uh, parodied it. Correct. And it's, and you know, again, it's like that car, you know, drive by, see the spectacle, fuck it and move on with your life. And, and for someone else, it was the worst moment of their life. And I think what he's sort of trying to say, let me do this and then we'll get to the monster. Okay. I think what he's trying to say is like, we are all complicit in this act of spectacle because, Mm. uh, and I'm realizing this now when Gordy looks into the lens and we're looking at, you know, he's looking at us in the audience. It's sort of this like, is this what you want? Like, is this? And it is because we want to know what's happening. And and as horror fans, it is what we want, which is this awful horrible you know thing and i feel like it's 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 sort of looking into us as like we are all complicit in this idea of spectacle and constantly uh wanting wanting more wanting wanting these these things even if they're horrible just to entertain us right um and even if at what cost and again when i say we are all complicit complicit when i say it you know, I'm we're, I'm complicit as well. And again, it, it could be good or bad, but I feel like that's what he's trying to say uh, in that. And I feel like the Gordy's home stuff really helped with the rest of the film as well to sort of understand what subtext he was trying to say. Mm. Um, but do you want to get to the monster? You know, <laughs> fair part of any movie for me is the monster. So it's 100% a UFO. But what blew me the fuck away is it's not a ship. The UFO is the monster. The UFO is the creature. The The UFO is the being. The UFO is the entity. The UFO is fucking eating people. Let me ask you this. I would have never guessed that. Me either. Let me ask you this. Okay. When when you sat down for Nope with us, did you know that the plot of the film was them trying to capture it on film? I did not. Obviously, I saw the UFO in trailers. I had no idea. But I did not know that's what they were going for. The plot was Daniel Kaluuya and and Kiki Palmer's characters trying to capture it on video. Right, exactly. I did not know that. So that was cool to find out that's what the film was. Right. Um, but yeah, let's talk the monster. I mean, do you want to talk the Jupiter's claim sequence? Well, we can get there. So from so what you just said, uh, they, they go to a, uh, I don't know if this is a real store or not. It's called Fry's. Yeah, it's, Fry's it, Electronics. Yes. Oh, really? It's okay. real. So it's a, uh, shout out California and Canada. Yes, yeah. it's real. Uh, you know, I was real confused at first because whenever they show uh, OJ and M sitting in the Fry's parking lot, the, the front of the store is a UFO crashed into it. And I was like, the fuck's going on here? Okay, but it's just a, an electronics store. That's what Fry's looks like. Go ahead. Okay. Is that what all fries look like? Is it I don't UFO know about themed? All. I don't know about all. It's okay. like Circuit City. Circuit you City. Know what, you know what I love is there's such confidence in using the real world stuff that it makes it feel like Gordy's home could have really happened, you know? Like because yeah. obviously Mad Magazine is real and Saturday Night Live is is real. And yeah, it and feels set in reality. And yeah. there's a ton of uh icy um What's the word I'm like? Product placement? I think they're drinking cactus cooler at one point. I guess that's not a real flavor. Well, no, no. 
I'm talking about the flavored uh, I see is soda. what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Yes, but have you ever had Cactus Cooler? I've never had Cactus Cooler. I don't know what that is. I believe is. it's a Coca-Cola product. Oh, okay. It's amazing. Okay. And uh, at one point, they're sitting on, on the front of the uh, ranch house, and they're both drinking ca- cans of Cactus Cooler. Uh, just thought it was cool. Huh. Okay. But yeah, yeah I don't I think, think cactus. Ad, I feel like that adds to what you just said. Like I do in too. the real world. Cause when I saw, well, when I saw the icy thing, I was like, Oh, there, there's a cactus flavor. Right. Uh, but go ahead. Um, so, uh, they go to this electronic store so they can buy security cameras. Again, the can the idea is, uh, to capture the UFO, uh, on film. And one thing they discuss is how there's never even ever, there's never been good footage of a UFO. They're always fucked up, blurry. Even when the the U.S. government declassified uh, that naval footage, you know, it's shit. So their idea is they're going to get the Oprah shot. Yes. They're going to get the shot that is so clear that there is no... Denying. Denying that and this they is they get paid for it. a UFO. Right, exactly. Yes. Uh, so we get, we, get met, we, we get introduced to this new character, this character named Angel who works at Fry's. He comes and he sets up the equipment for them and he becomes kind of a pretty big secondary character, yes. right? He's with them for what seems like, um, the rest of the film. What we soon learn though, is anytime the UFO comes, it completely knocks out all of the electricity. Yes. Right. So now they have to come up with a way of how do we catch this, um, without electricity. Yes. And I feel by this point, we learn what Jupe has been doing in his adult life. Yes. You want to take it away? Sure. So it turns out Jupe is feeding the the fucking UFO alien. UFO alien creature the horses that he's buying right from OJ. From OJ and he's basically attempting to train the UFO creature over the last 6 months to come eat the horse so he can do it for his his show so at Jupiter's claim. So what's crazy is he's like known about this for like six months. For six months, right, exactly. Yes. And so I think in that respect, it's more of this, you know, I need entertainment, I need money, so I'm going to try to tr- train an animal essentially right. to for, for profit. I think him being traumatized really explains like why he's okay with doing yeah. this fucked up shit. Why he's now turned this into a show. Uh, It's called the Star Lasso Experiment, where he's inviting people to come see him feed a fucking horse a UFO. Yes. A UFO a horse. Yes. Yeah. And uh, do we want to talk about that sequence? I would love to talk about that sequence. Um, Possibly, if it wasn't, let me say this. If it wasn't for Gordy's home, you're a strange animal. Uh, animal. Um, this would be the the best part of the film. Okay. This would be my favorite part of the movie. I feel like we don't see anything. Well, we see them getting sucked up. And then they're horribly screaming inside oh my gosh, it. That is so good. They're just like being squeezed. Like squeezed up into it like sheets or something. Right. And you know what I thought? At least the color of it, fire in the sky. Yeah. That 100, that's what I initially thought. So I was thinking, and I'll get to the next part, which is, so my favorite part of the film, if it wasn't for Gordy's home, is that and then when they're extinguished onto the house. Oh my gosh. So that whole sequence, um, I was like, well, my thought was uh, Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Okay. Because in War of the Worlds, spoilers, they're sucking the blood out of people in these sacks, and then they're 
shooting the blood out all over the fucking ground mm-hmm. um, and making like these vines and stuff. Um, so it reminded me of that, but um, just horribly terrifying the idea of being sucked up in there and then being like claustrophobically stuck between those like sheets or whatever. And, and what's amazing is when the UFO is flying around after it has fed, you can hear them screaming, right? The people like don't die right away. And so they're just like screaming as this UFO is just, which I have to say looks so fucking cool. So cool. The way it moves. It's like real smooth. It's real quick. There's this terrific part whenever OJ sees it and it's like real close to the ground. And this is like a, a valley area. So there's these little cliffs and hills and the way it just like maneuvers around the hills. Yeah. It's so fucking neat. Yeah, there's this uh, uh, part in the film where where it sucks up the um, streamer uh, flags from right. Jupiter's Claim or whatever, and uh, uh, it doesn't like it, the UFO creature. And <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya says later, says he didn't like that, got stuck up in his windpipe or something. <laughs> he says got stuck in his windpipe. Which I think looks really neat. Because uh, there's this like moment where the UFO is flying and there's just these flags hanging yes. from it. Yeah. And basically, um, it's the Jaws uh, idea, which is like the flags. So if you know Jaws, the barrels are a big deal, the, the floating barrels. Because they didn't have the shark, it wasn't working a lot of the time. So they just used the barrels to imply the shark was there. Ah. And the streamer, you know, the... the, the UFOs. Yeah, uh, that is that. And then there's also another uh, one that helps with it. And I cannot... Uh, remember what it is, but yeah, that's you. When the when it flies by, you just hear the screaming mm-hmm. coming from the UFO. Um, yeah. So uh, by this point, uh, OJ has realized what Jupe is doing. The UFO has literally eaten the audience, Jupe and his family, because the horse that he has does not leave its uh, box. Uh, so OJ goes to get his horse back, and the horse is still just in. Yeah, uh, the box. Uh, he's successfully able to get it into a trailer, and as he's driving back to his house, the UFO shows up it, and parks it parks over his house, over the house while Kiki Palmer and the other guy are in there. Angel, and it just fucking extinguishes blood and items. And yeah, so it can't digest what people have in their pockets and anything else that it's picking up. It's just eating organic matter. So there's this shot where I'm like. Jordan Peele, holy shit! Um, where it looks at the window and there's just there's just blood streaming down right. the window. Right, uh, it starts it fe- raining blood. It felt like The Shining for a moment there, mm. like um, because that was contextless at the time. We didn't know it was raining blood yet, but in right. that shot, it's just streaming against the window, and I was like, holy fuck, The Shining. Um, but yeah, then it's a wide shot and it's just gushing blood all over the fucking house. And what's amazing is it's also raining. Period. So the rain is going so around. It's a- Right, it's it's, it's like a, off of the, it's like the a, UFO. an awning over the house basically, Correct. and so it's 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 like this circle around the house of rain and blood. Uh, Angel calls it uh, the monster umbrella, or the umbrella monster. Yes, That's exactly how it, you can look if you're trying to imagine it. And and I think maybe this may be the time to come up with the way to defeat it, which uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character finds out that if you don't look at it. Uh, it it won't come get you. Right. He starts having flashbacks of when he spoke with his father about how to train uh, horses. Uh, there's a scene at the beginning where he's on set of a commercial and no one is listening to him. And when um, someone who's working on this set sees the, looks the animal in the eye, it uh, kicks back. Well, it, it's actually this piece of equipment, the mirror ball mm-hmm. that uh, helps oh, with lighting. Itself. And it sees its own eye. 
right. in there. And that's what caused it to freak out. And I do want to mention my brother brought it up on the way back, which was really cool part of the movie where uh, he's like, I got shit to do. And Daniel Kaluuya is sitting, OJ is in his house and he's making a makeshift uh, like mirror ball right? Uh, to so that he can train horses to to not freak out when they see it. They see so it's kind of cool, like this human level, uh, like, you know, he's there. The characters exist outside the film, you know, right. kind of like that. But, um, but yeah, so the idea is that, uh, he, he, he notices that he remembers that part of his dad saying that Keith right. David, his dad. And, um, he realizes that if you don't look at the UFO, it won't kill you. Like it doesn't notice you. Yeah, I guess. And, and I feel like, you know, we're sort of culminating in this moment of, and that's the subtext of the film, mm. which are, you know, instead of everyone is so dying to see the UFO, we uh, shouldn't be looking at it. They're quite literally dying to see it because if they stare at it, it will come kill them. Mm -hmm. And so he figures out if I just don't look at the spectacle uh, and, and gawk at it, it Correct. won't kill me. Um, and so I feel like that is part of that big subtext with the Gordy's home stuff. And, and, um, but yeah, fuck that scene with the, the blood raining on the house. That was where I was like, Oh my God, this is the best movie ever. Uh, I don't think it ultimately lives up to that, but that was like, I was like, Oh shit. Like Jordan Peele might make the best movie of all time. I, I'm pleased to say I had that feeling a little later. Uh, but I want to keep talking about the, the, the raining blood house scene because, uh, so Jordan Peele gets out of his truck, but he sees the UFO. Not Jordan Peele, OJ. God damn it. OJ gets out of his, I'm a fucking idiot. OJ gets out of his truck. He sees the UFO and he spends the night in his truck. Yes. And this got the biggest jump scare uh, out of me, even though I was coming this time, I still kind of got me this time was, so when it's, I guess, vomiting the things it can't digest, one of the things that throws stuck out in his windpipe. is, uh. They have a fake horse. It's like to like train horses to yes. get around other horses. It drops that and it falls out and it goes through uh, OJ's windshield. Well, and I and I sort of like that the I feel like it's almost like it knows that they're fucking with it. So he's like in spite oh. of it because like the the yeah, creature he purposely stops over yeah, their house because it it stops over their house and rains blood and all that shit and then right. drops the horse that they lured it in with on top of his car. Right. Um, I thought that was really cool. And then, so, uh, OJ spends the night in uh, his car. He wakes up. It's like early, early morning dawn. Sun is just starting to rise. It's super foggy. And so all the electricity has been out because the UFO has been near it. Uh, but now the electricity is slowly coming back on. And it's such a neat looking shot to oh, see yeah. the bloody house regain electricity in this early morning fog. The the bloody house, and it also has like a baby carriage on top of the house, isn't it? It's a is a stroller. Actresses, the actress's wheelchair. Yes, yes. yes. So, so, but uh, but it's like upside down on the house in that fog. Oh right. And I almost was like, whoa, like that's like that's Spielberg too, like. Mm. Um, this, you know, showing the regular every day, but in like an out of place moment, mm. um, that reminded me of Spielberg. Right. Uh, so they, they no longer want to stay at their house. They go and they stay with angel, the, the, the fries it guy, his house. And this is when they start to come up with the plan of how we can, uh, get a picture of, yes. of the UFO. Um, by this point they've been speaking with, um, see a cinematographer. Yes. Legendary uh, cinematographer. Right. Who has since been uh, shooting just commercials. 
they're able to convince him to help them to try to capture uh, the UFO on film. And luckily, he has a old camera that has to be, uh, it's analog, I guess. Yes. It has to be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Wheeled, uh, wound, wound in, uh, in order to shoot. So Crank, they, cranked? Cranked. That's the word I want. So they come up with this huge plan. And that entails stilling the car batteries, I guess, from all the audience members that died yes. from troops landing, as well as a bunch of uh, inflatable... Wacky, wacky, waving, inflatable arm flailing tube men. Right. And they set all of these uh, inflatable men up on their land. And my in my understanding is, please correct me if you have a different interpretation, is so to like confuse the UFO, right? Because the wacky inflatable man is staring at the... yeah alien right yeah i and think that's, so yeah, i like that i mean that that was my interpretation of let's set all these things up because now it doesn't know what to go for yes essentially so they rig I, that i have real quick go ahead please i think the main purpose is that they could know when it was near because they would fall and you could oh. see them visually from afar that that if is they also fall true. that means that it's near okay that that almost makes more sense than my theory yeah so when the ufo is over the inflatable men they fall down when the ufo is not near they're arising yes. and because they're so far away that helps them see it from afar correct oh, okay so that that makes a bit more sense than let's confuse the alien well it might have been that too maybe a little bit of both uh so we got, got stuck the, in his windpipe so we got the cinematographer he's an, an angel there together uh m she's on the security console mm-hmm. and i guess oj he's just gonna ride out into the open is this correct yeah with, lure- with the hoodie with the eyes on the back of it. Right, exactly. Yeah. He's going to lure lure the alien out. And right before they can enact this plan, TMZ shows up. Yes. And the first time I was like, what the fuck's going on? But I guess this guy's there because he wants to know. It's this mystery of how did all these people disappear yeah. from Jupe's landing. Or excuse me. I, and let me say. Jupiter's I, claim. I also don't know for sure if it's TMZ. I think the joke is. Like a gawker is here, a, 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 oh. a paparazzi, someone. They, they say TMZ. They say TMZ, but I kind of read it as it could also be like a conspiracy theorist. Oh, right. Because the way he talks is kind of more specific than. He, he's he's looked at their ranch on Google yes. Maps and he says something like, it's all blurred out. But again, yes, you're right. He uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character says, OJ says, um, oh, it's TMZ. But I think that also is saying like, hey, there's someone here trying to take video of what we're doing. And you learn that he has multiple cameras. And what's funny is uh, he's on an electric motorcycle. And so uh, M does her best to get him to leave. He doesn't listen. He takes off to where... Uh, She's like, we're shooting a T-Mobile commercial. We're doing a camera test for Verizon or something like that. So I'm going to need y'all to leave. Yeah. So this guy doesn't listen. Uh, He takes off down this like trail road and... I guess whenever he hits the patch of land where the like UFO the is, field, yeah. it causes him to just fucking eat it. Yes. Because his electrical vehicle, his electrical motorcycle just stops. So now there's this man uh, badly injured just in the middle of the opening. And OJ decides he's going to try to go uh, rescue him. As OJ is trying to pick him up, this man's only concern is... Where are my cameras? Yeah. Can you take a picture? He wants a picture of himself. Yes. In his, in his like arms. He's like, at least take a picture of me first. Yeah. Or something like that. Uh, uh, OJ is trying to pick him up. 
and this man, his helmet is is like mirror. It's yeah. got this huge reflection. So as OJ is trying to pick up this man, he sees the UFO above them. And, and OJ says something like, my bad, man. And leaves him and gets on his horse, takes off, and we see the UFO eat the TMZ uh, paparazzi camera guy. Uh, and then fucking OJ just goes for it. He starts riding out down this trail. Yep. Uh, I think M says something like, OJ's making a run. He's making a run. And I don't know how else to describe it, but I'm getting fucking chills thinking about it. The score just becomes wildly cool and exciting, and it becomes this big chase. It's almost like Hans Zimmer, like, um, uh, it sounds like a ticking clock almost, like ding, 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 ding. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it. Um, but yeah, it, it's almost a completely different score at that point. Right. Yeah. So it's this incredibly exciting music. Uh, the way it's shot, it's like the camera's behind the horse Yeah. as, as OJ's riding it. And the UFO is right behind him. And that, to me, at that point was like, oh, shit. Uh, Jordan Peele just made the best movie of the year with with this chase scene and this is finally when we kind of get to see the ufo just how huge it is um as it's chasing oj it like turns on its side yeah yeah and i felt like that was one moment when we first watched it uh at the el paso theater where i was like taken aback i was like i was like okay this is imax to E dog. Yeah, and when you when it's on its side, you can finally see like it almost has folds in its skin. Like, right. That that's when we learn that there's yeah. more to the the alien UFO creature. It has like these ripples. Yeah. Uh, in it, and uh, OJ is successfully able to like uh, hide underneath uh, the shed that causes it um, to go away. So that then, so so the UFO alien creature monster then sets its sights on. The cinematographer. Uh, the cinematographer. He's not happy, I guess, we, even though they just got this well, incredible no, it, footage. It's almost magic hour, duh. So, like, he has to get a better shot? So, that's the joke. He's like, well, it's almost magic, which is magic hour. And he's like, I need a better lighting shot. I, f- I feel like in that moment, he says that, but I feel like none of the three characters understand yeah. what he's implying. Because well, I feel it, like OJ's like, magic? They're, they're talking on walkie-talkies at yeah. this point. And I, and I think um, it's pretty easy. Like, he's dying for his art. Uh, oh, sort okay. of thing like dying for the spectacle dying for the shot to get the art so he goes out into the open uh, the UFO monster alien creature sees him and sucks him up and we get this awesome shot of of the cinematographer yes, the camera I like his name is like Anston Jolst or something yeah um, being sucked up into the into the UFO um, it then goes for Angel who's able to uh, avoid it wrap himself up in like a yeah. So when the, when the UFO sucks people up, it's like this big vortex of wind, and there's this tarp that flies by, and it blows him down, and he's able to wrap that around him along with some barbed wire. Uh, after the UFO monster unsuccessfully captures Angel, it then goes for Kiki Palmer, who it also unsuccessfully captures. Um, OJ tells her... R- real, real quick, uh, okay. I want to mention that the cinematographer, when he has the big camera, it's this giant, real IMAX camera. Uh, which oh, I thought really? was cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it says IMAX on the side of it. And it was oh, cool to cool. see an IMAX because it was full IMAX shot of him sitting there cranking on the real IMAX, IMAX camera. camera. And I was like, this is fucking, you know, that's just cool. Cool Easter egg. Uh, so at this point, uh, OJ's stuck gonna, in his windpipe. OJ's going to like sacrifice himself. And there's this great moment where you know, 
M. She's hurt, so she has to limp to the electric motorcycle. She picks it up, but she can't go because the UFO yes, is a EMP. Her. Right, and she's watching one of the inflatable men. She knows if it moves a little further, uh, not only will the inflatable man arise, but then the vehicle will start. And so Daniel looks at the UFO to get its attention, and then she hauls ass to Jupe's landing. I feel like I'm talking a bunch. Jupiter's claim. No, you're good, Doc. This is great. Uh, I'm just like recapping the film. I'm hoping you'll jump in if That's anything okay. catches you with, well, we have, with all yes. this bullshit. Yes. Um, and then comes the big finale, I guess. So uh, at Jupiter's claim, there's this big inflatable man of uh, Jupe. She lets it go. Oh, God. I feel like I'm missing one of the hugest things. This is when the UFO starts changing shapes. Yes, and turning into this like giant sheet monster thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, first I'm thinking like wind cells like on like a pirate ship. And it's kind of also like a parachute. Yes. And it's just expanding. It's um, huge. Another way to, uh, another thing to say would be like a weather balloon as well. Right. Which I feel like, you know, Roswell, we live close to Roswell, New Mexico. Um, it, that was known as like, it was just a weather balloon that crashed, but people Correct. think it was a UFO. Ooh, a UAP now. Yeah. So, so I think he was also doing like, it kind of looks like a weather balloon. Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. I like that interpretation. It keeps making shapes and it's like making this like real threatening noise. I feel like at one point, it's like a woman with a big head and dress. Yeah, it Maybe does. Maybe I'm tripping. No, it do, It kind of looks like a flower at one point, and then it almost changes into like, yeah, like a, almost like a, I almost want to say like one of those anime, uh, like women with a dress. Like, it, right. I don't know how to explain it. It looks like, um, yeah, it, that's what it looks like. Yeah. A woman with a dress. And it's, it's just absolutely massive at this point. It's like. And then it's like opening its mouth and it's like shooting that green thing and like expanding. Yeah. Shit, I, it's insane. I'm not too sure how I would explain that. Is that like an intimidating. Uh, I think that's maybe opening its full mouth or something. Right. Like, it's yeah. Like, and it's also like these like ribbons that are like. Yeah. Yeah. Expanding whenever it's doing whatever the hell it's doing. Uh, when she's at Jupiter's landing, she lets the big inflatable, uh, man. Yes. Jupe. Yep. Yep. And And then you get this, uh, sort of, uh, puzzle piece of the, the, that he had teased earlier, this well that has a camera in it that takes a photo of the, of the sky. Right. Um, and I guess it's because that is the poster for that show. He was on. Yeah. Kid Sheriff. And so the idea is that at, at, uh, Jupiter's claim, you could take a similar photo as the poster for this movie he was in. Exactly. But in this case, she uses it be- because it it's, can take a, fo- a, a analog photo correct. of the sky while the monster is there. Yeah, so uh, the monster sets its sight on the big inflatable man and, and sucks it up. And in doing so, the big inflatable man pops. Well, and I can't remember what she, uh, she says. She says something like, it's going to fuck it up. Yeah. I it, can't remember how what it's like. A, it's going to fuck it up. Right, exactly. Um, I guess that, and, and while, and while the UFO is trying to envelope engulf the big inflatable man, this is when she's struggling to take the picture yeah. with the whale camera. She's got, there's all these coins on the ground. So she's having to pick up a quarter, insert it, turn the little nozzle like candy machines. And then she's got to crank, uh, the, the, the welt in order to take the picture and she successfully takes one uh, right before the big inflatable man explodes. I need your opinion here. We see it like flatten. Yeah. Like deflate. Deflate. I almost feel like it looks like it's turning back into a cloud. 
What do you mm, think? I didn't I didn't see that, but I could see that. Yeah. It's it's almost like we see it like flailing and then that's the last of it because then we get like a don't fuck with Haywood's horses or something fun line from Yeah, and then it just M. is over. Yeah. yeah. And then uh there's this great moment where uh we see that uh OJ has survived and it's this like very Eno Marconi Western yeah, score. Yeah. Eno Marconi. And he's just looking like a super badass with on the, his with, horse. With the uh Lucky. The, Lucky, yeah. but and he's also wearing the the Scorpion King hoodie, crew crew Pretty, hoodie. Yeah. Um, and real quick in that, <clears throat> I wanted to mention um, whenever he's uh, when he says I'm going to do a run, and it's on his back. Mm-hmm. The way that they have devised to get it off his back is a flag streamer because right. they're like he didn't like that. It right, got stuck exactly. in his windpipe, remember? And so uh, they devised that with a parachute. That way, when he throws it out, it no. It, the they know the creature doesn't want that. Mm. So when he throws it out, I notice this time that's when it goes sideways and gets away from him oh. because it was a deterrent because and that and they knew it gets stuck in his windpipe, so he doesn't gotcha. want it. The gotcha. creature. So um, yeah, I wanted to mention that. Also, when she's picking up the coins off the ground, we learned that's where all the coins were from uh, that keep falling. You know, the one right. that killed his father. Uh, they were from Jupiter's claim. Right. Uh, you're hundred percent right, but I also feel like that's got to be from like another time when it's vomited. Because I mean, six months have passed. I mean, are these coins just going to sit on the ground for six months? Oh no, no, I'm not talking about the coins on the ground. I'm saying that they've been eating goers oh, at oh, uh, at Jupiter's he, claim. Yeah, uh, he's been sucking up Jupiter's claim coins by accident while eating the horse, for instance. I follow you. Um, and maybe has killed other well, and probably has killed other people from Jupiter's claim because uh, and at the beginning of the film. I'll throw in that uh, the, there's a miss of missing hikers in the, right. the canyons. So it's obviously eaten other things. Correct. But um, yeah, that's probably what killed uh, Keith David. Yeah, Keith David. The Arbiter. The Arbiter or Frank from They Live or Child from The Think. Yes. So what else, Eric? I mean. Insane finale. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I feel like my favorite part of the movie is the, the well, it's Gordy's home. Mm-hmm. But then the the house with blood and the the I just love set piece shit and so I love that obviously he did the umbrella thing with the rain it's just fucking mm-hmm. awesome um, it was hard to see today because our fucking theater is such a piece of shit mm-hmm. but in IMAX it looks fucking amazing I agree um, I already said it already but my favorite bit for me is that chase bit yeah the chase scene whenever he's running on I mean OJ is on on Lucky the horse and he's running from the UFO alien creature monster and the score just picks up and oh, yeah. it just looks fucking cool and we get this incredible shot of the UFO and oh man that's that's five stars for me duck crazy I never would have expected that it would turn out to look like that wind sail like I oh, never would have expected that ever me neither um so that was super surprising and then yeah just so fucking cool um what a fucking movie. Uh, but yeah, you think you think it's your least favorite, Jordan Peele? No, I said us. Oh, okay. I was, I was trying to say you But also, you're a strange animal. An animal. animal. So yeah. goddamn good. So yeah, I mean. Trying to think if I have. the top 10. If I have anything else. Yeah, it'll be my number one of the year unless. Damn. Uh, uh, Halloween ends. Oh, we were going to mention that fucking How about trailer. We end with Halloween ends? Sure. So that was nope. <laughs> that, that was, was Jordan Peele's nope. nope. 
And good job, Eric. You always recap things so much better than I do. So I'm glad because I it's felt sort like of, I was just talking about. Well, no, I like it because you know we're doing a big nope thing, so it was yeah. almost cool to have you recap it and then react to the recap. Right. And then you threw in yours through it too, so that was great. Um, yeah. So we love Jordan Peele's Nope. One hundred percent. Yes, unabashedly. Uh, I can't wait to see it again. I, I uh, hope it's under better, better circumstances. Mm. I'll probably my next viewing will probably just be at home. I hope there's a steelbook. Oh, I'm sure there will be. It's it's going to be. I'm going to call it now. It's going to be the cover of the horse under the cloud with the ribbon hanging underneath. Oh, I hope so. That's 100% what's going to be. Eric. Yes. What did you think of the Halloween Ends trailer? It was a Halloween trailer. Yeah, not much. Yeah. Not much. Um, Surprising that they immediately show Lori and Michael fighting. Yeah, it concerns me. Um, Like maybe that's the opening of the film, but I don't know. Yeah. I kind of just feel like it was Halloween. Like it was like they did nothing new. So, yeah, I mean, I don't feel like it shows that much mm-hmm. in the trailer. But also, that's exactly what I want. So, I mean, it looks like more Halloween. I will say, like, from the trailer, it looks like more Halloween. And the way they were talking was like, it's a total departure from the series. Which is dumb that I would have that reaction to the trailer. Yeah. I was like, I was expecting something different. Well, and I don't think it's a spoiler. You know, if you haven't seen the trailer, don't listen. But... um you know, I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe it's going to be like crazy supernatural. Doesn't it have to be? I mean, he took that ass whooping at the end of Halloween Kills. He did, but I mean, I mean, maybe he could be supernatural, but I was hoping also, for like... Also, how are they going to explain how he, he catches back up with her four years later? Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to guess supernatural. If it has anything to do with Silver Shamrock Mask, I'm going to stand up in the theater and clap. I very much doubt that it's supernatural. I mean, it's possible that he's... Um, still living and shouldn't be living, which is semi-supernatural. But what I'm saying is like he can get places that he's not, you know, like he can teleport and like... Maybe he uses the underground service tunnels in us. And with that... You're a strange animal. Animal. And uh, maybe I'll play that at the end here. That'd be fire. So instead of uh, goals you back off, you're going to hear the... Gordy's home (laughs) opening theme. Gordy's home opening theme. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode yep. of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Like I said, we were definitely not uh, super prepared for this. We knew we were going to do a Nope episode. Mm. We just didn't know, like, suddenly we were going to be driving to my house and clicking record. Right. Um, that's so, COVID for you. Yeah, that's COVID for you. Uh, shout out to Ben, my brother. Hopefully he gets better. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I don't get COVID. And hopefully you don't get COVID. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, we almost made it two episodes without talking about COVID, and then someone got it. Yeah, God damn it. Um, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Buy a shirt, follow us everywhere. Uh, we love you. Um, and we will see you again soon. We don't know what our next episode is, but, um, stay strange and stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, goodbye everybody.